welcome to Professional Development for Teachers by Teachers. Uh, we're going to be talking about the start of the school year. Everyone's favorite time of year is teachers, you know, uh, new beginnings. Um, and, and it's been, ooh, on my end, it's been real exciting. Can't wait to hear about you guys and your, your experience as well. Um, but yeah, that's what we're going to be getting into today. Like how are we starting the year off? What are our expectations, our goals? How do we want to grow? And how are we navigating in this new world of teaching in a pandemic that is still around and creating, uh, you know, still many complications for educators. Um, this year, it's every, I think the last, like last year, obviously, Zoom was the major uh, hurdle for everybody. And that was crazy. Um, this year, I think it's how do we teach in person effectively with COVID and safety as well. Safety is a big part. So we're thinking about all these things. So I think um, we're just going to share kind of a couple big personal, like our goals for the year and and like this first week or month um how are we navigating some of these new uh new challenges we're experiencing in 2021 so yeah um that's, who, that's what i'm thinking about <laughs> as far as starting the year out those like the big highlights it's yeah wild why don't uh brandon you've been teaching already this is how many weeks is this for you Okay, let me, let me tell y'all, this start of the year has been the most wild start of the year. It's my second and a half week. We started on a Thursday, so like we were two and a half weeks in. And yeah, it's, it's, I think um, there's been a lot of changes for me personally as an educator. I've got 10 years of teaching experience in high school, so now I'm a fifth grade science teacher. So there's that shift, which would be crazy no matter what like, era I'm teaching in, right? That age shift is, is a lot. And then on top of that, you know, we're a brand new school I'm teaching at Kip Stockton Middle School. And we just opened the doors, um, you know, two weeks ago and we were under construction. Uh, we, we had to shift the start date by a few days because of construction. So there's like challenges there. Um, and so, yeah, I've been, my, my year has been very wild, but it's been amazing to, you know, um, just, I think it's just exciting to be on the ground floor of a, of a new school starting. And then, also, like, how can we just bring this awesome experience we have this vision for, for these families where, where we're teaching in, in South Stockton. So, um, uh, yeah, like, I think COVID is really, um, we, we've, we've gone through many iterations in the last two weeks. Like, it's crazy how many shifts we've done school-wide from, okay, let's, like, make sure your desks are, like, at least three feet apart. And, mm -hmm. of course, like, having students mass all the time, fifth grade, that's always interesting. Um, but, like, last week as a school we we decided just because you know with delta variant like it's it, the news changes i feel like every day it's just like something mm -hmm. new or new developments or, or new rising cases and we're like all right we got to do something we got to do a little bit more and so we like went from kind of doing our own thing in our own classroom seating wise like you know you choose your seating chart etc to we're doing a school-wide seating chart we're in cohorts and mm -hmm. so teaching with the cohort model is interesting um you know, we, we got to do virtual full school meetings, you know, but we've, we've been, we've been doing pretty good. We did a lot of fun, uh, like games over zoom from classroom to classroom. It's a minute to win it competitions with the mm. students, which is so much fun. So we've been able to make it work. Um, but it has been, it has been a wild ride. I mean, <laughs> so yeah. I'm rambling a bit. That's okay. <laughs> That's the point of the podcast. Marcus, yeah. how have you started yet? No, we start uh, in September. So uh, okay. I think coming into this year, after last year, we had about two months or so of hybrid learning with half the kids either other you know day. But for me, like the, the thing I'm holding, trying to center is like the classroom space, like that mm -hmm. in like the honor and privilege that is because like for the first time last year in our careers, all of us, 
we didn't have that physically. And like, I just want to tie everything back to like, we are here together. I know there will be variants and quarantines still. And like, we're still in the midst of this, but like, what am I doing as a teacher to honor that space in the way that students are coming to that space and making it as accessible and meaningful with the time we have? So like, I think I have a new renewed uh, appreciation of that as a teacher. And I've used to think of myself as someone who pretty much appreciated that as much as possible. Like now it's at a different depth and I want every single thing I do in this couple weeks leading in to be with that in mind. So I'm trying to center the idea of the classroom space mm-hmm. going forward. What about you, Jimmy? Yeah, I just finished up my third day with students. We started, this was our first week. We started on Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday, we had ninth grade orientation. So we have, we use an advisory structure. Um, and so even though I don't teach ninth graders, I do have an advisory that has some ninth graders in it. So that was like, um, that was a special day because, you know, I, I wasn't teaching any of my uh, classes yet, but I, we had, because it's ninth grade orientation and they're new to the building and they're a little bit nervous. So we had three advisory meetings. Um, And, you know, I was, I was trying to build a space, I think similar to probably what you're thinking about Marcus, like just getting them comfortable in the space and making them building a place where they felt like they were welcome. um, Because I know that that's, uh, that's a huge piece of nerves as a ninth grader um and getting to know me and um just you know it was it was it was uh a little i'm not getting super emotional but it was it was a very touching moment when um okay so i have one student just a quick story one student ninth grader um and mom speaks spanish only spanish and so i've been texting in Spanish, but like very, a lot of things are getting lost in translation and my Spanish is not very good, but I knew that there was like some issue with, um, he was trying to transfer. He was looking to transfer to different schools. And so we're trying to kind of figure out what that was. At one point he dropped from the roster. And then like, I thought on freshman orientation, he wasn't on the roster, right? Well, he shows up, of course, freshman orientation and, um, delightful kid. The other thing that I knew about him was that he had chronic absences, um, super chronic absences and not previous to COVID. Um, And so, you know, a lot of sort of things are in flux and it's uh, sort of, it was hard to understand how he was going to come into school and how he was going to think about what his freshman year was like. Um, So I made a point to like try to connect with him and make him feel positive and joke around with him a little bit and then at the end at the end of the day I dismissed all of them at the end of the day he gets to the end of the door and he's walking out and then he turns back and he walks back and he shakes my hand Um, and it was like I don't know it was this very cool and he just said thank you so much and it was this it it was this huge reminder of everything I felt like we lost in remote learning because those moments I think are really what sustains a lot of teachers. Um, and I just, I sort of sat there at my desk. I was like surprised and I was lesson planning, prepping my slides for the next day. And, and uh, you know, just the kid walks up unprompted and says, thank you and shakes your hand after he's been previously dismissed after he, I don't know, it's, 
it was this very um, sort of crystallizing moment for me about like the importance of, of being back in person. Yeah. I love that story. I appreciate you sharing. Like, I think that sometimes we can get in our heads, like the thinking space and not in the mm-hmm. feeling space on the, yeah. like, the emotional compass. And I think that's important for all of us to bring that. Uh, what I'm curious for both of you to kind of respond to, because I think what we're going to encounter, and I'm sure with like the KIP model and the charter schools, like this, what I'll, I'm going to frame it as like the urgency trap. Like everyone's talking about learning loss. Like I read this, like, dumb, sorry, my opinion, ridiculous <laughs> article talking about in 2050, we're going to have like a 4% productivity Ugh. loss as a country because of the learning that's been like, just like, I am tired of hearing that. And there are bigger priorities than we frame. How do we as teachers navigate the pressures that there's going to be of like, oh, these kids lost X number of hours of learning. Like we want to be here to support the kids. There's going to be pressures that can get in the way of that. What are your thoughts about those pressures going into the school year that you might've already encountered? That's real. Um, my thoughts are school environment is huge for that. I think already kids, like we guys got to remember like students coming in overwhelmed already coming back in person. I think that first week is going to be overwhelming. Just literally being with so many other people in, in a space for a lot of students, not everybody, you know, a lot of students, you know, different experiences with COVID, but you know, it's being in a room full of kids is going to be overwhelming. And then on top of that, the, the academic expectations are, are going to be, you know, it, it, it can be overwhelming. And so I think to combat that, I think that schools need to like kind of over index on the culture side more than they might consider planning and thinking about um, in a regular school year. Like, obviously, it's always important. Like you always got to want to have you always want to have good school culture. But I think it, you just need to be thinking about more like how can we do that, especially with the, um, you know, we're sort of at one hand t- tied behind our back now with with restrictions due to COVID. Like, you know, we can't have full school uh like rallies we can't have full school like the way at least we're set up right now like every school is different like some schools have more space to maybe spread out and do something like that the way we did it this is an example i mentioned it earlier that i thought was really awesome is i I love that we're our principal is like so like big on joy it's like in our mission statement like our school will be a place of joy like that's like bottom line that's that's where we're at which is part of why i was like so excited to work at this school you know and on Wednesday, we did this, kids were loving it. We did, it was over Zoom um, by advisory. So like each classroom had a computer and, you know, we had representatives like go up to the computer screen, like talk to like the other classes when we wanted to like, you know, interact. Um, and our principal like had the first like five minutes, just like she would, you know, in a regular school rally kind of thing, just to talk to the students about, um, you know, just announcements and like, you know, also pumping them up, going over, you know, going over like uh, hyping up for the week and stuff like that. And, um, but then we did a minute to win it competition and like, it was just really, it was like a simple, really simple, like games, like, you know, the, the cookie face where you try to get a cookie from like your forehead to your mouth, you know, like without like using your hands and things like that. And it was all over zoom. Um, but bringing it back to your point, I think when you have a space where kids can, it's not all about academics, you, you need to be able to, um, you know, find ways to just build that culture and have fun school wide. And when you can do that, I think that's a way to, to, to kind of, you know, combat the potential fatigue from just trying to like, okay, we lost a year of learning. We didn't lose a year of learning, by the way, but like that mindset that I think we hear a lot, like, oh, like we got to catch up, right? So that's my quick thoughts on that. I, um, I'm really, that kind of, that kind of framing for education <laughs> that you mentioned, Marcus, like, it just makes my blood boil, man. Like just if it does this, the second that you start framing learning in terms of GDP, 
like you're out of the game man you lost it (laughs) so i just i look we don't need to have an education system whose purpose is to get you a paycheck right like that's and i understand like they're okay let me back up a little bit because there's a lot of privilege that's sort of in that state yes which i which i do recognize and, and i'm not i'm not trying to be dismissive of that right like people need paychecks and people there's a lot of people who um are not paid what they're worth and and are not paid for their labor uh what their labor is worth and so i'm not trying to be dismissive of that but i do think that there is a really misguided relationship and it's it's challenging as a teacher when i i i i really try to avoid this transactional to, i don't i try to I try to avoid this transactional framing of my course, because I think a lot of students will walk in, especially as high school students, like, what is this class going to give me? I want to be a computer scientist. I want to be a programmer. I want to be STEM. I had parents in my parent meetings, my advisory meetings, say, I want my daughter in STEM because STEM people make a lot of money. Well, does your daughter like science? Is she happy with coding? Um, because if she is, then that's great. But if, if she's, if she prefers poetry or if she prefers history, like there, there are other, there are also options for her. And so I just, I don't know, I'm, I'm at a place where I, um, am very not angry, but I, I really disengage in the, when, when people start to frame education in this transaction, framework of like what will x pursuit of not study get you in terms of your overall yield um and yeah i think that i don't that's not like a completely formed thought but that's my that's my quick take on it well i appreciate you bringing that in and i I obviously brought that article and the notion in criticizing it like i yeah i think a lot of us are on the of the same mind in terms of uh, our purpose, especially in terms of building classroom culture, establishing community in our spaces. But I think, Jimmy, I appreciate you like checked yourself in that like our students walk into our classroom spaces with their own vision of what they want out of their education. Our right. families who we are totally. serving, these are like they have their visions and they don't always line up. It gets messy going back to like the purpose of this work. And I also appreciate you naming like this transactional thing that education becomes which is a manifestation in many ways of like white supremacy norms. Like there are problems that we need to unpack with that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know that we will explore later episodes at times with that. And I just think that uh, this is messy. And I love that you named the messiness of it. And I almost like want to center that messiness because I think so often in other educational spaces, the moment it gets messy, it's like, Oh, tie it up with a bow tie let's move on to another conversation. And I think the messiness is where this work that we're trying to have should be. And I really appreciated you leaning into that there. Yeah. What, um, let me bounce a question back to you just cause I'm sort of curious. You, you mentioned kind of your thoughts and Brandon, I, you're, you've been in it now. So I'm curious about what you're thinking here too. Like, how first of all what are your space limitations like do you know and is there anything that you are doing differently which you talked about 
already the the zoom school meetings and that kind of stuff like do you feel like you're going to be able to be back <laughs> or like how do like what sort of are the limit the, even the physical limitations even now that there's um that like we're, we're definitely not out of the pandemic so i'm just curious to hear your reflections on still even though we're not completely online like how are you trying to navigate some of the those physical limitations well <laughs> limitations sorry yeah I, brandon it, go ahead like, it's like each week it's like a new limitation is introduced to you and i think like very generally speaking it's it's really become like how flexible minded can i be right how uh and, and like how quick to problem solve can i be like how quickly can i just like either brainstorm with a partner with a coworker or just google stuff google ideas like for example, like this is like something else too in California, we have fires. So the yeah. air has been so bad. So like we're trying to keep kids inside, not to mention we have a construction site on our school. So we can't go outside a whole lot anyway. So it's like, all right, like fifth graders inside for recess and lunch. What do we do? Well, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been, it's been, you know, a combination. Of, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. So I think it's just been, okay. Like I, I've learned so many new fun indoor games from yeah. other teachers that I just never had to know because I taught high school and high schoolers can honestly, they can sit in a room for, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes and have a conversation to hang out and have fun. And it can, yeah. be, it can be a good vibe. Fifth graders. It's, it's a little bit different. Uh, uh, and so I think, yeah, like limitations are real. And I think we're just going to keep seeing new limitations uh, in this short term from the pandemic. Um, and, and, you know, but like, it's at the same time, it's just, you, the more, the more you just have that mindset of, okay, there's, there's always something you can do to make this better. There's always a, a new, whether it's a, a hack or whether it's like a procedure or whether it's whatever the case may be. So I think, I think it's just, okay. I think it comes down to talking to others, like, you know, like to you guys and, and can do that dialogue or just you know, getting really good at quickly researching new ideas as well. So mm -hmm. those are my quick yeah. thoughts on that. No. And I, I agree with all you're saying about like being like knowing that the flexibility is going to be required. And I think we all know that I, the mistake is, Oh, it's going to be changing all the time. So I'm just not going to do any planning work. Right. Like that's the opposite right. of what you like, like planning and preparation leads to flexibility, not the opposite. Like you create the space to be flexible. So like for me, I'm trying to do due diligence on my end to have as many boxes checked in my work so that I'm prepared to be flexible not to mention having a student teacher this year so i'm trying to do that work for her as well right uh, but then i think also i know that i can fall into the positivity mindset or racket of like oh everything's great we're good and i, I believe in positivity it's my mindset as a teacher and my persona it sounds i think brandon pretty much you're lined up with me on that which i love but oh, yeah. i also know and i've learned like trying to grow in this like it's also important to name and affirm the struggles that students are going through who walk into, into your space and mm. not to like, and to make sure I create a space that honors their experiences. And they're walking in the room with anxiety. They might not even want to be there. They might not be feel safe in my room, yeah. which as a teacher, that that is the top of the mountain is making sure they feel safe in my room. And in this pandemic, that has become a thousand times harder. And I just, I want to make sure that I'm bringing a positive culture. We're bringing everyone to the table but I'm not doing so in a way that dismisses the valid concerns and insecurities and anxieties that students and even tragedies that they have borne because of this oh, pandemic. Yeah. So like, it's that balance, that both and that I'm trying to be aware of going into the school year. 
I think just bouncing off of that, uh, like I think uh, like a theme that I thought was really important for answering that, that question was, was communication, right? And I think I was in context the teacher creates that that safe space where they can tell you like and i think the pandemic has made my uh mindset of like how i approach that as a teacher shift a lot like you know when it comes to i know jimmy and i've talked about like deadlines in this context like being much more forgiving on yeah. deadlines, and like i think we're in that space like you know hey like you're not feeling good right now like you know what can we do and another you know m- mental health is a big part of that and like making sure schools have uh you know maybe again like invest more in mental health support right yeah. counselors uh, mental health counselors and things like that so like, that's that's a big part of it too and in full humility i love that you named like the deadlines thing i think that and then jimmy you can jump in sorry for us getting no i asked bouncing. a question this is yeah. great it's, it's making me think that last year especially threw a magnifying glass on problems with my own practices and like the changes that we made yeah. for the pandemic We could have made those changes before the pandemic in terms of being forgiving with deadlines, honoring mental health. Like, I think that hopefully it's not just a flip the switch back to normal, that we are figuring out how we can be better based on what we saw last year that was exacerbated. But a lot of those things were already going on and we were already failing our kids as teachers. Mm -hmm. Like we got to grow from that intentionally. I don't want to get swept up in the wave of the year starting and lose that growth from last year. I hear that. What? I'm and I, this isn't. I'm not asking this question to challenge, right? I'm. I'm. I am asking the question. Away, man. It's all. Yeah, right. for, no, <laughs> bring for it real, on, I'm, Jimmy. I am. I'm. I'm at a loss for what that looks like. Okay, um, because I've been teaching for a while, and all of us teaching for a while, and yet here we are saying, okay, we know that our students are struggling with mental health. And we want to be able to honor that. So what is, what, I can be flexible with deadlines. I know how to be flexible with deadlines. Um, but beyond, I, I, I sometimes am at a loss. Let me, here, here are the things that I try to do as a teacher to sort of honor and normalize uh, respect and understanding for a student's mental health. Like one, okay, flexible deadlines. Two, naming that it's important. Just naming as a teacher that you understand that their mental health matters, which quite frankly is something that not, for some students, other people in their lives don't always do that, especially their families, right? So many many of my students have said to me, like, my parents, like, don't really, they're not down with, they don't think it's a thing. Like, as long as I got clothes on my back and I got a roof over my head and, like, I'm fed, like, I'm all good. And so that can be challenging. But I'm curious if you guys have any sort of specific mental health like ideas about what it means to be responsive to students mental health needs beyond like oh referring to the school counselor and communicating and some I don't know sometimes that's all it takes but I just sort of feel at a loss sometimes about what how I should change my practice in the classroom in order to be more responsive uh, to students when they raise concerns around mental health well I think First thing, and then I think Brandon probably has a lot on this, but is my guess. But I think the first thing, the mistake, thinking of first year new teachers listening to this, is the temptation building off that question is to try to do it all yourself. And like yeah. you cannot fall into that trap. We all have fallen in that trap. We try to do too much. And I think 
the openness of like the communication, not just in your classroom, but beyond the four walls, knowing going into the school year, not when something happens, but beforehand, yeah. here are my resources for X, Y, and Z. Here's who I talk to. Building your relationships as a teacher with those people too and colleagues, because if you're trying to do it all in the space of your classroom on your own, one, you're sending the message to your colleagues that you don't trust them to be helpful in the work. Two, you're going to fail your kids. So I think my biggest thing that I've tried to do is and I'm new to my school district This is my second year. And last year made this feel more like a first year going to the school year. And I know Brandon, you're at a new school, like literally a new school in construction, doing the work beforehand to know who to talk to, to advocate for your students when they need help. That would be my, is partly is I need to be better at knowing who those people are, what those resources are before the school year even starts. That's really helpful. That's yeah. huge. Knowing who to talk to, because I think, so, I think honestly, like, didn't mean to answer your question. Um, it, it, I think that, like, let me, like, in my vision of, like, what, what it would take to have strong mental health support is a, you know, I don't know what the exact ratio would be. People probably have better insight on that, but, like, a very, like, low ratio of counselors to students so that you could very easily say, like, all right, like, you're not having a good day. Like, let's, let's talk to somebody because, you know, we're, we're not, that's not our area of expertise, at the same time, I think it's important for teachers to name that they're okay, like hearing you. Like I think saying, I hear you, just that phrase, I hear mm-hmm. you. I use that phrase a lot. Like when a student's just telling me, like if they, a kid said, I hate science today in my class. I was like, I hear you. And I was like, and I told him like, there's some things in science, like I don't understand. And like, that's not necessarily like a mental health thing, but it's like just that, that approach. Just so validation. Really yeah. And, and cause yeah. that was the first thing that came to my mind sort of that kind of conversation. But, but then I was like, you know, I asked him, like, is it because is it you're bored? You know what I mean? And he's like, yeah, honestly, like, I think I'm, I'm like this, I'm already done my work. Like, I'm just bored. And I was like, I hear, like, here, I, I gave him a book to read, like a science book, and he read, and he was having a great time after that. So that's one way I saw it, like, in the classroom. But then I have more severe situations where it's like, I, I can't, I know, like, I'm not qualified to, like, walk you through counseling if you're grieving for maybe a family member loss or something like that, or whatever the case may be. It could be something else, too. Um, but thankfully, this one uh, really plus to my school situation. Like we have a very, very small school. There's 55 kids and three, there's three cohorts and we have mm-hmm. one mental health clinician and she, you know, one to 55. I mean, that's, that's not bad considering like, you know, other schools and how big they are and like how many counselors they have. And so what, what I've found effective is what she'll do is she'll just pop in and hang out in certain classes. If she's not doing anything else, kids are very familiar with her. Um, and then, so when it comes time for, you know, they need to talk to her, they, they know who she is. They know Miss Britt, like they got her, you know what I mean? And so, yeah, that's, that's my quick thoughts on that. It's, uh, it's, it, I think it really comes down to having qualified, uh, mental health professionals that can work in partnership, kind of like Marcus was saying, like, you got to know who to talk to and who you can, who you can delegate, you know, and, and, and work with as well. And so. then I'd add in within the classroom, like more directly answer the question and change I'm trying to make beyond what you've already named is like, look, I, I know my temptation. I have AP. Some of my classes are AP like you, Jimmy, like, yeah. I've got, I've got to get X, Y, and Z covered. I look at like, okay, I've got 90 minutes this period. And I've got to squeeze all these things in and like something I'm going to be very intentional about going into this year. I'm going to hold myself accountable to is no, we're going to set 20 minutes and we're just going to like have this conversation about how they're doing, give them time to mind map. I'm going to set space to conference with them. Like I can't talk the talk about 
caring about mental health and building community and not allocate that space in the client in the classroom. And that matters. And I know that the, there'll be pushback at times, even maybe from students. And I'm not saying we're not going to cover our standards or any of that. But if I don't prioritize the way we use our classroom towards that, I'm really not living up to those values. So I think that's for me. And that's something I've struggled with in past years that I need to be better at going into this year. And that'll be starting week one. That's awesome. Community circles are something that I decided I would do more of this year and holding myself accountable to that. I've done them more in my advisory time. Yeah. I haven't done them in my classroom. And so I think working that into the science classroom, how can I, or like, may, may, and I think I find that as a teacher, this is something I struggle with, just being completely transparent. Like, how do I make this fit with science? Like, how do I fit yeah. this with my subject? But I think what it comes down to is sometimes we just don't need to make it fit with our yeah, subject. Right. And I, I got to be okay with that. So that's, like I'm doing better. I'm doing like the the community circle thing. I think is really great because it just allows time for students to stand up. That's like a different position physically right. and look at each other in a circle. Obviously, it's another limitation situation because we're socially distant. We can't like sit in a circle on a carpet, which would be kind of really you know, really nice. Um, we're standing around the classroom spread out, but it's a different vibe, different look. I think when you can switch it up like that, it just creates a space of some different conversations. Different. Yeah. Um, Love that. So appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. I did have uh, yeah, a lot. You guys are, I've, I, I'm, I have to admit, I don't know that I'm on the level of positivity that both of you are in, but I want to get there. I'm working on it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did have a great interview for anyone listening um, with, with my master's advisor and one of, one of his major uh, research areas within education is, is mindfulness, basically mindfulness and meditation within education and, and, you know, helping equipping teachers sort of with the, the confidence really to believe that this isn't that similar to what you're saying, Brendan, like that this stuff is important. Like, I think that is, there's not necessary to get to my question earlier. Like there's not necessarily this uh, sort of new tool or trick or way necessarily sometimes to be more supportive of mental health other than believing that it is important and incorporating like small ways and routines to like, you know, model skills for your students that they can, that they can take home and help kind of help manage themselves and their own mental health. Um, it's interesting that the conversation has, has landed here because we kind of started with, um, well, what are you doing <laughs> now that we're back in person? And here we are talking about mental health. I think it's where yeah. we're at. I think, I think that in order to, because this year is such a different year. I think if you can over-index on like mental health and wellness, you're going to yeah. have more success than you would if you aren't like really going kind of above and beyond or more than you would normally feel comfortable doing in that area. Yeah. And I think just like, it comes back to me, like my initial point of like honoring the classroom space and like what an opportunity that is after this last year to have students together. Like I was just in a training and they, they kept front and centering this poem, like in Lakesh that I had never been exposed to. And I felt bad for it. Like, like to eras, me otro, oh, yo, like you are my other me, like this idea of interconnectedness within the mm -hmm. classroom space. Like, look, the pandemic's message has been, we are connected to each other. Our decisions right. impact other people's decisions why not honor that in our classroom space with the choices we make? And I feel like that's my mindset going in. I'm, I'm stoked. I know you guys are already in and probably more exhausted. So I might be a little over-indexed on energy uh, of what I will be two weeks from now. <laughs> but I, I just, I, 
like you guys, I love being in the classroom. I cannot wait to be back. I don't care. Like wearing the mask, like what a blessing it is to do the work that we do and be in our classroom spaces. And I'm stoked mm -hmm. and to do it the right way that honors students. What else would we want to be doing? Yeah. Well, we're going to wrap it up here. Oh, this yeah. is uh, this is a good spot to end it, but thank you guys. I love connecting and, and always pushes my thinking. And hopefully for those of you listening, uh, keep tuning in, giving us some feedback. We want to hopefully keep this thing going and, and let it evolve and, and be the kind of conversation around education that, uh, that we want to have. For Leave sure. a comment if you're a teacher of one thing that you're trying to do differently this year and second year off. Yes, awesome. indeed. Love it. Take care, All you right, guys. Friends. See you later.